If Scott Services Bullpen Management was a podcast, this would be it. High fly ball. Giddy up. Kyle Lewis's first big league homer. Welcome to your favorite 45 grade show, the Control the Zone podcast. With the sixth pick of the 2020 MLB draft, the Seattle Mariners select Emerson Hancock, a right-handed pitcher from the University of Georgia. Here are your hosts, Ty Gonzalez and Colby Petnode. Welcome to episode 49 of the Control the Zone podcast. It's the Kendall Graveman episode, which, <laughs> whoops, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the, uh, you know, the debacle last night of uh, saving Kendall Graveman for the ninth inning, uh, which, uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, yeah, we're also going to be talking about happier things, though. Jerry Kelnick mm-hmm. getting called up tomorrow night to make his major league debut, possibly Logan Gilbert also following him to maybe make a start on the weekend. We'll see. Uh, Ryan Divish talked a little bit about that earlier today so we're gonna get into that but before we do so uh let's join in here with uh with colby uh and see how he's doing colby how's it going it's going okay man um you know last night is certainly frustrating but uh like you mentioned we're one day away from jared kelnick debut day and possibly Mm -hmm. two days away from from logan gilbert uh day so uh yeah it's it's you know it's it's tough to be uh upset for too long especially when you know the uh the mariners minor leaguers are, are playing really well um so yeah there, there's a lot of positives today uh and i think it's uh for the most part i think it's gonna be a pretty upbeat show uh so so uh, i'm excited to talk about uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on because there is a lot to talk about mm-hmm yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, real quick, we do want to mention, you know, every, you know, if you've been following us on Twitter and stuff, I'm sure you guys have seen Colby made a post today on, on the website about um, some of the tweets that he's been making and, and stuff and some of the reaction that um, came about that and, um, you know, a discussion that he and I had last night and all that and um, which wasn't really like a discussion discussion, but, you know, we talked. Um, but, you know, I just... Uh, you know, we, we both want to apologize to you guys, um, just for, you know, this, uh, um, you know, well really, you know, I want to go back here to kind of when we started true to the Triton and everything was we wanted this to be a positive place that brought everyone together, that brought this community together. And, you know, what happened last night, that, that was the opposite of that. And seeing that reaction was tough. Uh, to see, you know, I'm sure it was very tough for you, Colby, as you as you alluded to, since it was, you know, uh, but like, you know, no one knows really who is tweeting those things. Right. So, you know, for me as well to see that and to see that reaction towards our, our account was was hurtful, even though I wasn't the one that tweeted it. But, um, you know, I just I, I specifically on my behalf want to uh, apologize because, you know, and this is not just to our listeners and, and our readers, but also to Colby here, because, you know, ever since I started my Seahawk Maven gig, I really haven't been able to be as present as I should be with the brand and with everything, as I'm sure you guys know, and we've alluded to this and made jokes about it, that, 
you know, I, um, I pretty much do the podcast. You know, I host the podcast. I, I edit it. And that's pretty much all I've been doing since starting at Seahawk Maven in January. Um, the only time I really tweet from the account is when we're dropping a podcast or, you know, the occasional video or whatever. Um, so I need to be better at that uh, and just engaging with you guys more. Um, and, uh, you know, I know Colby feels bad about how, how you know, things went. And obviously, I don't want to. Um, you know, put words in your mouth or, or, or whatever, or speak for you. But, um, you know, I just felt that it, 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 I wanted to let you guys know that I do apologize for uh, on my behalf for not being as involved and, uh, and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough night, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, the, the tweet that really seemed to set everybody off, honestly, I didn't think was all that bad and I still don't. And I guess that's just because that's a, a phrase of, I, it's like, it's not like I'm actually, you know, like wanting to do harm to Scott's service. I don't, um, right. but you know, it's it just, it's one of those things It comes out harsh, especially after the, the, uh, you know, what had happened, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I just got to be better. Um, I can't let uh, frustrations from other areas uh, of life uh, come into play here. This is, uh, you know, we, we created this to be a fun space, um, uh, mm-hmm. a space where we, we love to talk about baseball and we love talking about the Seattle Mariners and and baseball is just fun. And that's what it's supposed to be about. And uh, it hasn't been, um, at least not on our Twitter account for the last couple of weeks. And uh and that's on me. So uh, obviously it was it was uh, a wake up call and it was time to uh, self-correct kind of correct course there. Um, start to uh, start to turn the page to something a little closer to uh, what we want it to be. Um, and I feel like what we mm-hmm. have been for most of our uh, our journey here. Uh, right. So, yeah, it's today's about uh, turning the page and. Uh, not going to be tweeting tonight from the game. I'll give myself a little one game suspension here and just uh, try to watch <laughs> the game and enjoy it uh, for what it is. Yeah. And I'll be back on the uh, the old Twitter accounts uh, probably, you know, for Jared Kelnick's debut. I'm, I'm not going to miss that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just about, you know, just, uh, you know, hey, whoa, <laughs> we, we've got I've gone too far here. I got I got to kind of reel it back a little bit um, and just go back to uh, to what I actually really love to do and that that's just talk baseball and uh have fun with it mm-hmm. and uh you know I, i'm not going to stop being snarky i'm not going to you know <laughs> give scott service free passes because i was mean to him once um i'm not going to stop calling out bad decisions by ownership or management or anything like that uh it, it's not about not being negative it's about just doing it in a more constructive uh you know uh more constructive not way. Su- yeah. Not such an aggressive way. Right, right, right. And so like I said, it was, it was a good wake up call and, uh, you know, I got to appreciate, uh, Joe, uh, Doyle for calling me out on that. Um, well, I didn't really appreciate that at the time, you know, you, you sit back, you reflect and you, and you wait a little bit and, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it was tough, uh, to hear that from, uh, you know, from somebody I respect like Joe, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a good wake up call. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, from here on out, things get better. I can't promise that I'm not going to mess up again. 
Um, I can't promise that tweets will come out aggressive and, and mean sounding or that they won't. Um, but uh, I can promise you that I'm going to try and do better. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we started that today and uh, we'll continue it down the line. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to make uh, any excuses here, but I think a part of it is also we didn't really expect to be in this position, not even a year into this, um, where there's actually a considerable amount of people listening to us and engaging with us and people that are um, recognizable in our little sphere, right, that, that actually listen to us and, and um, engage with us. Um, and so I think uh, sometimes that that's lost and, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of what I told you, you know, last night that it's we're, you know, this is a brand um, that we build, even if it's is kind of small. Right. Um, you know, in scale, uh, it's still a brand that we've been able to build um fairly successfully by our standards um, and have built that on being positive about bringing people together, about bringing a community together that has been fractured by bad baseball, by things like the Kevin Mather incident, stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we, you know, I, I've, I've said, you know, from day one, when we had talked about kind of what our mission statement was that, um, this was going to be a positive thing that we were going to bring positivity there. We were going to do charity stuff, which we have done. And I'm really proud of everything we've been able to do. Even if we've only been able to raise 60 to a hundred dollars a campaign, I'm still incredibly proud of that. And I'm incredibly proud of everything that we built from our, you know, from the ground up from when Colby and I got let go uh, from fan sided uh, and really not, knowing what we wanted to do and how it was all going to look uh to now and having this brand and having merch and having a youtube channel that's gotten over a thousand uh subscribers which to us is incredible right it's not we know it's not the you know the biggest thing in the world we know it's you know uh, in the grand scheme of things it's not a massive accomplishment to but to us for a couple dudes that just like to shoot the shit about baseball you know for an hour a week or couple hours a week you know it's it's pretty it's been pretty cool and uh you know i i feel like maybe i've taken that for granted a little bit um especially in terms of you know me not really uh engaging as much as i should and um you know I, i'm i'm sure maybe you feel a, a similar way as well um but overall you know i we do appreciate you guys we're sorry about what happened and uh you know, we're going to move on and that's all we can do. But anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to have to have like a, like a pity party or anything. I didn't want to do that. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll, we'll get more hashtag positive here, uh, because there's a lot to actually be positive about. Of course, last night's game, it sucked and everything that came from that sucked, but you know, it, it's, uh, the Mariners were competitive against the Dodgers again, which is wild to me. They should have won, honestly with a bit better uh, bullpen management from uh, from Scott Service. And honestly, our podcast intro has never been more accurate <laughs> than it is right now because, uh, yeah, man, uh, that was that was rough. That was rough. I mean, 
you know, let's let's talk a little bit about it. I don't want to focus too 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 much on it because there is a lot of cool stuff we need to get into. But uh, you know, last night I think you know when letting uh, you say go, who gets his career high in uh, strikeouts with eleven, he goes well over a hundred pitches. Uh, they take him out after uh, you know a little nubber off the bat by um, was it Sheldon Noisy that hit that? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was the eight hitter. Maybe, maybe it was Lux. Might have been Lux. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, little yeah, number. So, a DJ Stewart yeah. special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you've perfectly coined it. Um, yeah, it's you know it, it that happens. But they, uh, you know, Scott takes out uh, YK, who I think probably could have gone another hitter or two. Uh, with the way he was rolling it didn't seem like he was slowing down obviously you want to be careful with the arms especially with <laughs> how how you know little health <laughs> you have in the, in this in this rotation right now right um but um you know uh, they bring in anthony Masevich, which you know again under the new rules uh yeah under the new rules has to f- has to face three batters and you knew that he was probably going to have to face Mookie Betts. He comes in to face the nine hole hitter, which ends up being AJ Pollock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pinch hitter, AJ Pollock who crushes lefties. Um, and yeah. Mishevitz, uh, not specifically known for handling righties that well. Yeah. And he, uh, he's been struggling, you know, he was really good mm-hmm. for the, for the first, what five weeks of the season. Uh, but last couple times out, he's he's been really struggling. Uh, he's been bad. And, yeah, and uh, he you know he walks Pollock, and then uh, gets Mookie to strike out on a on a call that should not have been a, a strike. Uh, and that Got zone lucky. was, hey, surprise, surprise! It was really bad <laughs> for usual. The zone was really bad for the whole game uh, for both sides. You know, at least it's it's equal, I guess, but. <laughs> It was just, it's really bad. Um, and it, it just, this continues to be a problem league wide, but you know, uh, seemed like maybe he would be able to get out of it. Uh, but Corey Seager, uh, gets one down at the knees, um, to make it four three. And then they bring in Rafael Montero, who, uh, looks pretty good, uh, for the first, uh, few outs that he, that he generates. Um, but, uh, towards the end of the eighth there, uh, starts to lose it a bit. And you're thinking, hey, any time now, you know, bring in Kendall Graveman, and uh, they don't. Uh, clearly saving Graveman for the ninth, and uh, well, well, guess what? You didn't go. You didn't get a chance to go back out for the ninth because Rafael Montero gives up a three-run bomb right up uh, the middle of the plate to uh, to Gavin Lux uh, to make it six-four, and the uh, the Mariners go on to lose. So uh, pretty rough, pretty pretty rough. Uh, job there from from scott service who clearly saving his closer for a situation that never occurred um it's it was very um edwin diaz in new york level uh type stuff there from from scott you remember that game in new york when he refused to use edwin diaz yeah Gary Sanchez yeah. hit a colossal home yep. run against uh off Ryan Cook. Yep. 
But, you know, you got to save Diaz for a safe situation. And clearly last night, Scott wanted to save Kendall Graveman for a safe situation that never came. Um, yep. You know, it, what made it so frustrating is, is that Scott had already screwed up once by not bringing Graveman in immediately after you say. And you can argue that uh, you could argue, sorry, you could argue that, uh, you know, his first mistake was not going with you say for another hitter. Uh, mm. I certainly understand not wanting you say to face Mookie Betts again. Uh, so yeah. that part I get, but the thing about it is, is that unless Mashevitz gets a double play ball, Mashevitz has to face Mookie. Mm. Um, and the fact that he's going up against AJ Pollock, who handles lefties really well, and and you you knew Scott's not an idiot. He knew that if he went with Mashevitz, that Roberts was going to counter with Pollock. He knew. Everybody knew. Um, and he did it anyways. And it's okay. Well, mistake one: just let Kikuchi hand, go after Pollock. He still has pretty good stuff. Um, like you mentioned, the the previous hitter reached on a 74.7 mile per hour infield single that had an expected batting average of 070. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, you've already let him push this far. Let him go one more batter. Worst case scenario, he gives up a home run and you're tied, and then you go to Mashevitz. Like, mm-hmm. not ideal, but probably better, especially with Mashevitz struggling. Uh, so you should have gone to Graveman. You, or you could argue that he should have kept with Kikuchi. There's mistake one. Then the argument is really he should have gone to Graveman immediately after. Because, again, unless Graveman gets a double play ball, somebody's going to have to face Mookie Betts with the runner with probably representing the tying run, if not the go ahead run. And that should be nobody in this bullpen but Kendall Graveman. Mm-hmm. So there's mistake number two. And, you know, Mashevitz gets lucky, he gets a call. Um, he gets a little bit unlucky as Corey Seager kind of flipped a single into right field. Uh, wasn't hit terribly hard, but you know it is what it is. And then you've got to go. Then you've got to go get Montero. And there's mistake number three: not going to Graveman to get out of that inning. Going to Montero. Mm-hmm. Now that one works out fine. Um, still, just because it works doesn't mean it's not dumb. Then the next mistake: well, not starting the eighth inning with Kendall Graveman. Why? Probably because Scott was worried about the pitcher spot coming up in the lineup, which is another mistake. Who cares? If you're up by three and you want Kendall Graveman to pitch the eighth, just let him go up there and stand there with the bat on his shoulder. Yeah. Strike out. You'll surrender an out to have your best reliever against the middle of that lineup. You should. So there's another mistake. And then, of course, Montero goes out, looks pretty good. Uh, But then hit by pitch, base hit. Oh, surely somebody's warming up. It's probably going to be Graveman, right? Nope, it's not. Uh, sticks with Montero, who's clearly lost it, and the rest is history. So there was at least four opportunities for Scott Service to give his team the best chance to win, and he failed every single one of them. That's tough. Mm-hmm. That's really tough to accept, and Kendall Graveman never got into the game. Kendall Graveman has not thrown in a game in three days now, by the way. So it's not like he was, oh, well, we really only want to use him for one inning or we really only want to use him for the ninth. Nope. Sorry. Doesn't work, especially when you've used him for multiple innings before and he hasn't pitched in a couple of days. Doesn't work. Scott failed at every single level of his pitching management last night. It was, it was abject failure. There really is no other way to, to 
great Scott service. That was that was twenty great bullpen management. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. Um, can you explain to me why people are so aggressively against uh, Rafael Montero? Am I missing something? Because people really don't like Rafael Montero. I feel, and I f- don't think he's been that awful. But everyone that I see on Twitter seems to be so dead set that Rafael Montero is one of the worst relievers they've ever seen. And I'm talking about like actually like smart people that like watch like the, that know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, Rafael Montero's had his struggles mainly with command. Um, but his like how bad he's been, it's been overblown. It really has. Uh, I'm not sitting here telling you does, that he's, he's. Does he have like a personal thing or something that I've. I've not that I know of. Yeah, because it just feels like some like people have like a vendetta against him. I mean, a lot. What I saw a lot of was people. He has five blown saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, any reliever who comes into the game with the lead and gives it up without any. Doesn't matter what inning it is. Counts as a save or counts as a blown save. So, you know, Mashevitz can go in there in the seventh or in the seventh inning of a one nothing game and give up five runs and he gets a blown save. So blown saves, it's not like these are all he gave up five walk off losses. Right. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, Montero, 16 innings. He has a one one six whip, 14 strikeouts, five five one ERA is not great, but his XERA is three seven seven. He looks about what I would expect, you know, when they traded for him. Probably not a closer, but he's a good, strong middle reliever who, when he throws strikes, good strikes, he's got set up upside. I mean, I you look at his stat cast page, average exit velocity, 78th percentile, X slugging, 68th percentile, barrel percentage, 69th percentile, walk rate, 65, 65th percentile, 77, 77th percentile chase rate. I mean, the hard hit data is is not all that below average. The XERA is 53rd percentile, XWOBA 53rd percentile, hard hit percentage 44th percentile, X batting average 46th percentile. So not great, but he hasn't been awful. Um, but I think a lot of people, they just look at his blown save number and they remember all the times he's failed and ignore all the times that he's been really good, um, mm-hmm. which I get. I do. I understand. Um, but it's it's the hate is is overblown it really is yeah i just tried to look if he had like any off the field thing or anything like that that i know of so yeah so i'm not i don't know it just seems like there's like something other than baseball that's driving that like it just seems like (laughs) people are really against him um but okay yeah all right whatever uh that's silly if you if you're basing uh your uh, i don't know distaste for for rafael montero off of blown saves i i think that's kind of silly um he's he's not been good like i'll admit that but he hasn't been the worst reliever i've ever seen yeah he's not awful yeah i mean it's it is what it is man i mean like look I, would I, I really would I trade would I trade Jose Corniel for him knowing what we got out of or what we've gotten out of him so far? I don't know. 
give me a few more months and we'll see. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think for me, I, I think he's, I think he's been fine. Like, mm. I, and you know, the, the people, oh my, you gave up Jose Corniel. Most of you guys didn't know who Jose Corniel was when they traded him. Let's be honest. You didn't. And there's still a fantastic chance that Corniel never sniffs the big leagues. So, mm. you know, I, I think if you're one of those people who who's complaining about the cost to acquire him and that's why you're mad at him or whatever, I, I think you're full of it a little bit, just a little bit. You know, I it's we'll see what happens. We don't know for sure. But, you know, Montero struggled. Sure. Um, has he been, you know, the worst reliever in Major League Baseball? Not by a mile. So, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate what happened, but. We've seen him look really good. We've seen him look bad and everything in between. So uh, I'm not ready to, you know, throw out Rafael Montero uh, for anything I can get. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the uh, the season goes here. But um, I I'm certainly am not, you know, fully understanding the hate. Um, yeah. I, I get it. Like, I get why, like, you would be nervous when he comes in. Totally get that. But for the most part, he's been okay. Not great, mm. but not awful. He's just been okay. Middle reliever, which is most of the Mariners' bullpen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, you've got all these injuries that have happened and everything mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's it's uh, been a rough go of it for the for the bullpen lately, and not really, and and most of it is not really their fault. Um, just kind of out of their control, but you know, it's mm. it's. That's just I mean, kind of the way that this whole season has gone. Yeah. We probably underrate, undervalued how important Casey Sadler is. <laughs> yeah. We're being honest. Um, and Keenan Middleton yeah. is really yep. coming on. Yeah. And it, by the way, Middleton played catch yesterday. He's, he's fine. Sounds like he'll be back after 10 days um, mm-hmm. or shortly thereafter. And I think he's on day four or five now already. So um, pretty good chance he's, he's back by. Did you see his Instagram post? his Kyle Seeger appreciation post. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. That's, that's, that makes me happy. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, you know, Montero might not get that opportunity. Mishevitz might not get that opportunity. Um, if, if Sadler is available, he probably doesn't because my guess is, is that service would assuming he wanted to save Grayman for the ninth, which he, you know, the only evidence we have suggests that that was his plan, uh, regardless of situation. He probably goes to Sadler or Middleton to face, you know, the pinch hitter and Mookie Betts, almost certainly. So, right, yeah. Hopefully those guys get back soon. It sounds like Middleton's going to be back. I haven't heard anything about Sadler, but uh, those two guys were pretty good, and they give you more options than Mishevitz and, and and Montero, who are both uh, both struggling a bit right now. Right. Um. All right. So let's talk about the cool stuff. Because there's well, a lot of cool stuff on the way. Real fast, oh. before we move on from this game, uh-huh. tip of the, how about a tip of the hat to Yusei Kikuchi? Oh, hell yeah. Who was excellent and unfortunately gets saddled with the no decision and his box score. Three, three or runs instead of one. Yeah, which, I mean, again, this is part of the problem with ERA. Uh, you know, it's it's useful, but Yusei Kikuchi goes out there and he, he his ERA at the end of the day is 430. And anybody who watched that game knows that Yusei Kikuchi was dominant. Yeah. Six innings, six hits, a couple of them really chintzy, 
uh, one walk, 11 strikeouts. And he threw 106 pitches. Dude was good. He out dueled Walker Buehler. He was better than Walker Buehler. Yep. Absolutely. In Dodger Stadium. Yep. It's pretty cool. I mean, 17 swings and misses. Um, you say he plays up to the moment. He plays, he pitches well in like big situations. He pitched one of his best starts came against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he has a great, he has a fantastic yeah. start in, uh, in LA Houston. against Walker Buehler. Yeah. Yeah. Houston. Like, he goes out and he one, one hits the Astros. Like, and yeah. They, they ran a graphic last night on Root Sports. And by the way, it was the Blowers and, and Goldsmith version, which is great because yeah. they use all the, not all, but they use a lot of advanced metrics and things like that. Um, and they ran out a uh, a list of Yusei Kikuchi's starts this year and who they were against. And he's faced Houston twice, who had the best offense in the American League. Boston, second best offense. San Francisco, like fourth best offense in the National League. Uh, the Dodgers, number one. Uh, like his only easy start, quote unquote, uh, against, you know, what is, you know, one of the worst lineups in, in their respective league, their only easy one he's had was against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you look at the quality of opponent that you say is pitching against and what he's doing. It's really impressive. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard not to be really encouraged by you Kikuchi right now. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, before we move on, uh, you say deserves a nice, uh, a nice mention here. So does Mitch Haniger, who had an awesome game as well, which was good to see. Yeah, yeah, really good game from Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, got I, I, I got to say one thing though, DK Metcalf. Why, man? Why did you got? Why did you have to retweet the Gavin Lux home run? Why, man? <laughs> why you got to do that to me, bro? <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's does, does he know Gavin Lux or something? Because that's weird. Like DK's from. DK's from Atlanta, right? Isn't he from Georgia? I think he's from Mississippi. Mississippi? Like, what's your connection to the Dodgers? That's that's kind of a whatever. I mean, you know. Did Gavin Lux is, go to Miss or something? No, Where Gavin, Gavin Lux, Lux go to school? He went to Kenosha High School. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. He's from the same area as Kelnick. So, I mean, it, I, that, that right. was, I don't know. Yeah. That was weird. But, uh, okay. Thanks, DK. Twist the knife. Sure, sure. <laughs> You're really lucky you catch yeah. touchdowns and you're an awesome dude. Otherwise, I'd be mad at you. Um, <laughs> I was very uh, Arthur Fist meme looking at that. <laughs> and then you remember what an awesome human being DK Metcalf is <laughs> yeah, off I'm the football like, field. And you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like, uh, hey, you're pretty good at football. You're also yeah, cool guy. Uh, just, uh. Like you're, just aw- you're just awesome in general. So I'll just let that go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I know uh, on that. Are uh-huh. be, be honest. Are you happy he didn't qualify to move on to the trials or whatever? I was really scared he was going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm honestly quite happy, and that's selfish of me. I know, but I don't give a damn about the Olympics, and I love the Seahawks. So, and I love TK Metcalf. So I was like, whew, thank God he didn't qualify. But, Another uh, thing I was really scared by was uh, Kel- Kelnick trying to stretch that double into a triple oh, last night and sliding no. into third kind of awkwardly. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, uh, you said Gucci three two four x fit uh, this year. Yeah, it's that's good. hashtag good. Speaking um, of Kelnick, transition go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I hope that they're sitting him tonight because I really uh, don't they're want off. anything to get in the way. Oh, they're okay. off tonight. Okay. Yep. 
The team okay, is traveling to El Paso, I believe. Perfect. So uh, hopefully we don't get an Instagram picture of, of Jared Kelnick at SeaTac Airport. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Could you imagine? Case. Could oh, you imagine? <laughs> brutal. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully he's staying behind. <laughs> hopefully he's uh, going to have a nice day off today and prepare for uh, for his major league debut tomorrow, which I'm sure is going to include a home run <laughs> at some point, because of course it will. The uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think Jared should do us all a favor and he should tweet a picture of him at like Pike's Place Market. Um, like enjoying an off day in Seattle, dot, dot, dot. Like that, that would be, that would be neat. Um, Jared, yeah. because as much as I believe Jeff Passan, there's still a part of me that's like, eh, I'm going to wait for the official announcement. Like, yeah, <laughs> like eh, I've been burned before. Not, not in this, you know, in cases like this really, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. So before we get into our excitement for Kelnick, who do you think should be the corresponding move? Well, uh, I know what your answer is going to be, but like, who <laughs> do you think is actually going to be the corresponding move? <laughs> I think it's going to be Taylor. Um, yeah. The guy needs time in AAA. It's, it's clear as day. Um, it's a pretty easy transition to once Kelnick comes up and you have Lewis and Kelnick and Hanniger, there's not really a spot for, for Taylor Trammell. Um, I mean, you could use him as a fourth outfielder, but why? That just have him play two or three times a day when you could just send him down and get him, you know, fifty at bats a week as opposed to, you know, fifteen to twenty. Uh, it's 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 really a no brainer. So it should be, um, it should be Taylor even ahead of Marmaleos because Marmaleos has no development left. Um, who cares? Like he sucks. We know it. So. Uh, yeah, send Taylor down. We saw as a shot. Let him, let him, let him swing it. Let him start to feel better about himself, and uh, you know, let him make the adjustments that he knows he needs to make now. And uh, he'll be back. Uh, there's really no doubt about it. We'll see Taylor Trammell at some point this year, uh, assuming he's healthy. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, it, it it'll be Taylor, and I think that's probably the right move. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the way to go. I um, I wouldn't be opposed to further moves aside from uh, Colin Kelnick up. Absolutely. Uh, uh, especially with the team uh, traveling, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see what they're able to do with that. But uh, yeah. Um, I wonder how that all works, by the way, since the Mariners are in LA and then they're traveling to uh, the Rainiers are traveling to El Paso. And Well, probably what happens is, is that, Taylor stays in LA and catches a flight to wherever wow. the Rainiers are. Um, so he just doesn't travel back with the team. I, I really doubt that the Mariners are going to have him travel to Seattle and then say, okay, now go get on a plane and travel, you know, back to where you just, awesome. back to where we just came from, you know, mm-hmm. and also the Mariners are pretty cheap. So I don't think they want to pay for, you know, an extra plane ticket. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah let, me, let me see where Tacoma is. I think it's El Paso. Watch it be like somewhere in, in, uh, in California. That would be neat. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's worth noting Kelnick, Kelnick doesn't have to go through the, uh, the protocols or whatever, the intake protocols, uh, because he was at the alternate training or not because he's at the alternate training site, sorry, uh, because he, he didn't travel. 
Like you didn't get on a plane. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing. Um, also, where, aren't we kind of under the impression that he got vaccinated? I, and that's I, why he was sick, quote unquote, that that one time. Yeah. Non-COVID related. Or they, they said it wasn't he didn't have COVID. I, I don't think they actually said it was non-COVID related. But um, yeah. by the way, the the Rainiers are in Salt Lake City um, oh, okay. tomorrow. So, yeah, they're probably just going to have Taylor take uh, hitch a flight to Salt Lake City. Um, mm. But, yeah, he, he doesn't have to. Uh, according to Divish, he doesn't have to go through protocols or anything like that. So mm-hmm. when he's called up, he'll be able to play. Yeah. So uh, so we'll see him tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, this is a moment that we've all been waiting, what, two and a half, three years now for. Um, mm, let's see. Winter of 2018. So, uh, so roughly two and a half years, a year and a half. Oh, no, two and a half, two and a half. Yep. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's 2021. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's finally here. And after all the debate and discussion and yada, yada, yada from the off season, all the Kevin Mathers stuff and all that, um, Jared Kelnick is, is, pretty much here i mean it's not official yet but we've heard it from jeff pass and we've heard it from ryan divish we've heard it from pretty much every source that you need right um every reliable source out there that that covers baseball that covers the mariners etc it's really funny that the announcement actually came the same day as that leak or the not the leak the the fake uh report mm-hmm. <laughs> from the uh, fake mariners pr account which, by the way, I found out is one of the meme uh, accounts in uh, on Mariners Twitter. It's actually like one of the the meme uh, people. I don't I don't know how you would describe that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, the meme people. Anyway, yeah, the <laughs> meme people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I I made a video about this uh, about Kelnick's call up and about the expectations for Jared Kelnick. And this is something that we've talked about a lot. Uh, by the way, you guys can check that out on the YouTube channel. Now truly try it. If you guys haven't uh, subscribed yet, please do check out the video. Um, check out all of our other videos as well. Uh, but uh, you know, we, we've talked about this for, for so long now that this is a guy that could change this, the, the face of this franchise completely 100% turn this franchise around. If he's the superstar, we all think he can be, but that's probably going to take time. If we're, if we're being realistic about this, you know, you look at around the league, the, the Juan Soto's, the uh, Fernando Tatis's, the Ronald Acuna juniors, et cetera. Those guys are the outliers here in terms of top prospects that reach their ceiling pretty much right away. Um, it's very unrealistic and unfair, quite frankly, to Jared Kelnick to put those expectations on him to be the face of the franchise right away and turn this team around, which is a whole nother can of worms, this specific team. Uh, the 2021 Mariners with all of its injuries and everything going on with it. Um, And it's also unfair to him 
if he is pretty good and then, you know it's a it's a Vladimir Guerrero situation where he's pretty good but he's not putting up the otherworldly numbers that he put up and you know is putting up in, in the minors where he's getting multi-hit games every single night etc like Jared's been doing down in Tacoma and he had done for so long in high a low a etc um you know that that's not a death knell right yeah um and even if he's really bad right even if he comes up and he's really really terrible and you have to send him down that's okay too i mentioned mm-hmm. in the video the case of byron buxton right it's taken byron buxton six years to become an all-around player for the twins right and he's only been doing it for really a month and a half mm-hmm being a great offensive player and a great defender and you know everything that comes along with it a true five tool player how he was supposed to be baron buxton was the top prospect coming into that 2015 season he was touted as the next spike trout right mm-hmm. and the glove followed followed suit but the the bat didn't and it ha- hasn't for for years and it's finally come together jerry kelnick could take three or four years to reach the ceiling mm-hmm. potentially even longer. So, you know, my thing here with, with, with fans that are excited about this and I get it. Expectations are through the roof. This is the greatest prospect they've had since Alex Rodriguez, right? You know, you think about the Felixes and the Destin Ackley's and the Mike Zanino's and all that, and that's fine. But this guy's different. no one. This guy is different. Yeah. He's, I mean, you know, of all the people to say it, but John Heyman tweeted yesterday, you know, scouts say that he's pretty, you know, he's kind of close to to Bryce Harper, right? It's kind of a, a similar situation. And Bryce Harper is a guy that Kelnick idolizes. Um, as he said on, on his YouTube channel the other day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, again, this is a franchise-defining player potentially. And uh, I get it. But that said, if he's not exactly the superstar you th- you want him to be right away, that doesn't mean that it's the same old Mariners. They've screwed up again. They'll never have good things. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to let the kid develop. Right. It's going to take him time. Yep. Most likely. And hey, if he is a superstar awesome <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> right if he comes through and he is one soto or whatever mm-hmm. right away hell yeah <laughs> but yeah in all likelihood he's probably not going to be right away doesn't right. mean that he won't be in in 2022 or 2023 or whenever it happens but yeah i just that's my uh stance on this uh and kind of my forewarning to to people heading into his debut that it's really exciting i'm fucking ecstatic right about it but you got to be realistic about about this yeah um you know it's you know it's it's funny that bryce harper gets mentioned um kind of a lot around around kelnick and they're both very uh Mm. They do have similar skill sets. Uh, Bryce probably just a little bit better around the board uh, when he came to the big leagues, sure. but it's very similar. Um, Bryce Harper as a 19-year-old hit 270, 340, 477. 
and posted a 4.4 F4 in 139 games. If that's your expectation, you're probably going to be disappointed. Not for sure. Not for sure. Um, mm. But more than likely, yeah, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. Uh, just, you know, playing the odds, like you mentioned. The, the, the video you did yesterday was excellent. Um, it pretty much hit all the points that you're talking about. Sometimes these guys just take time. Now, I, I suspect that, that Kelnick will come up and he'll play really well for a couple weeks, and then the league will adjust. Um, and then he'll have to adjust, which is something Kelnick's never really had to do before. Um, he's just been better than everybody in his league for a while. Uh, and that's not going to be the case at the big league level. You're not, he's, there's a good chance he's going to have to face Shane Bieber on Sunday. Like, yeah, he's probably making his major league debut against Zach Plesak. Like these are not arms that he's seen before. Um, so he'll have his, you know, he'll have his reputation to, to uphold, but Kelnick's a really good player. And I think eventually he might be a great player, but I just, for me, seeing him up is, is just, it's about that, right? It's seeing the guy up at the big league level. It's seeing the 21 year old come up. Um, I'm not going to put the, the, you know, franchise savior tag on him, um, until he proves that he is for, for now. He's, you know, like you said, the best prospect since a rod, if you want to argue Felix fine, but Kelnick is the best position prospect since A-Rod, and it's not really that close. He's just on a different level from guys like Ackley and Zanino. Um, even guys like Adam Jones and, and Greg Hallman was was uh, you know really, really high up in prospect ranks. Kelnick's just better than those guys. Yeah. It's a different level. It's a different expectation with him. Um, but yeah, I, I expect to see him struggle at times. I expect to see him look really good. Um and that's about it. I just expect him to come up and play. And I want to see what he looks like. I want to see, you know, how the, how the team, do they, you know, are they fired up by it? Do they, you know, accept him right away? Uh, Cause that, that's a very fiery personality you're adding to a locker room that, that seems pretty chill. Um, you know, we're not in there, so we don't know for sure, but is Kelnick's personality going to mesh w- with that young core? It probably will. Like I, I don't think Kelnick's a jerk. Um, but is he hyper-focused? Is he, you know, really fiery? Does, does he wear his emotion on his sleeve? Yes, he does. Um, Jared Kelnick kind of plays baseball. Like he's going to war. Like it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's not graceful because the swing is beautiful and and he's a great athlete, but it's very almost blacksmith like, like it's just like, so like, powerful i don't know exactly how to how to describe it but it's not like like you watch how jp crawford plays the game right and it's a lot of smiles and it's you know kind of flipping the ball you know submarine over to first and all that stuff and it's just very flowy and loose and all that and kelnick just looks like he's like like a balled up muscle waiting to release so um I, it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. It'll be, int- I'm most interested. The thing I'm most interested to see from Kelnick is how he handles adversity because he hasn't had to do it yeah. yet. Not in his professional yeah. career. Like his worst stop in his professional career so far was the 19 or the 21 games he played at double a as a 19 year old where he still hit 253, 315, 542. Yeah. I, I mean, 
he's, he's never struggled. He's never struggled. So yeah. now we get to see, we will get to see it eventually. It's going to happen. How does he react? Does he grip the bat tighter? You know, does he try to hit six run home runs when he's in an O for 15 slump? Like, how is he going to react to that? And that's what I'm most interested to see. Um, I, I'm a little worried again. He's so muscle bound and he's, I mean, he's in such great shape that, you know, sometimes those guys in baseball, that that's not exactly what you want to be. You know, like you're, you're so tight. Um, so I'm, I'm worried about some hamstring things, you know, some soft tissue things just because he's so, you know, I, 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 he's so tight. Um, but most, I mean, he is dude. Look at the guys in Adonis. Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. The dude is jacked to the gills and sometimes that doesn't work in baseball. So I'm really, I'm not all that concerned about his skill level. What I'm most concerned about is his mental, like his mental stability when he, when he struggles, what is it going to be? And that might tell the story of how successful Jared Kelnick is in year one. Can he handle right. it? And for the record, I think he can, but I just don't know for sure because we haven't seen it, but I, I think he'll be fine. I, I really do. I think Kelnick's love for baseball it seems very genuine. Um, his drive to be the best ever seems very genuine. Um, and I, I think that his his attitude and kind of his his fiery personality, I think that's going to play pretty well in this dugout because you need you need some variety in, in your clubhouse. Yeah. You need, um, you know, need you, some you, attitude. Need some guys yeah, exactly, give a fuck. exactly. You, you need the yeah. guy who's going to bat. You need the guy who's going to bat flip, not because he's excited, but because he wants to show up the pitcher. <laughs> like you thought you could sneak that by me. I'm going to stand here and watch it. And you're going to watch me stand here and watch it. And you're going to have to deal with it. Like yeah. you need that guy. You, you need for lack of a better, you need the Jay Buner, right. To compliment the Griffey. Now, you know, Kellnick's probably more Griffey, but I, I think eventually that, that, you know, um, metaphor will be used to describe, Julio. uh, yeah. Julio, like Julio will be the Griffey and Kelnick will be the Buner even though Kelnick's probably going to be the better player, if that makes sense. But you kind of need those. You kind of need somebody to be the loud guy and you kind of need somebody to be the quiet leader. Like somebody like Mitch Haniger is right now. He's just mm-hmm. does his business. So I, I'm, I'm not all that concerned about Jared Kelnick physically um, in terms of, can he survive at this level? I think he'll be fine. I, my only concern for Kelnick is how does he handle failure? Because that's going right. to happen. And I think yeah. he'll be, I think he'll be fine. I really do. Yeah, I do too. I think, uh, I mean, he's an incredibly confident guy, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you talked about the 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 attitude, the the drive to uh, that he has uh, to constantly, you know, be the best, and you know, think very highly of himself, right? And you know, some people are some people are going to find Jerry Kelnick arrogant, right? Yep. That's going to happen. Jerry Kelnick's mm-hmm. probably going to end up being a fairly hated player in baseball yeah. if he's good. I can see um, that, which is awesome, by the way. I mean, yeah. Jerry last, is going to start a brawl. I'm, I'm very, I'm very firm on that. Prediction fingers crossed, still. baby. Fingers crossed. Um, and by we the way, I haven't I, gotten a brawl since the Richie section uh, thing. I think I, 2007 against the Rangers. That is my only goal. Um, if you ask, <laughs> like, if you ask me right now, would you rather see the Mariners get into a brawl or win a world series? It's win a World Series, but it's it's a lot closer <laughs> yeah, than it should be. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a lot closer than it should be, and that I should be willing to admit. But I like baseball brawls. Now they definitely why there's definitely a line. Into, that, why not get into a brawl 
at the World Series. Uh, at that point, at, at that point, just win it. No, no, I, I'll, I'll pass on that. But, but come on, the Punk Angels throw at Jared Kelnick. You got to charge the mound, or at least talk some. You know, talk some mess. Had the catcher have to come in between you and the dugouts clear. Um, listen, I'm not talking about a brawl where like punches are thrown or anything. Like I don't need an Amir Garrett, but can the two sides just meet at the pitcher's mound at least? You know what I mean? Like anything. I've always wanted to see one. I never had, well, not since the Sexton, but I've, I haven't seen a good one in a while. And so it's like, <sighs> come on, Jared, you win rookie of the year in my book, just for starting to brawl like that. That's it. Don't get hurt, but you know, talk some smack, see what happens. Yeah. Like my, one of the saddest things in my baseball watching life is when Kyle Seeger didn't charge the mound against Jared Weaver. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jared Weaver and his punk ass 78 mile an hour fastball that he thought he was going to, oh, I'm going to show Kyle Seeger what's what. No, <laughs> you didn't. I, that's the equivalent of us butterfly landing on his shoulder. Oh, no. God. Jared or Jared Weaver. Screw that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, Jared Kelnick may not be the only top Mariners prospect coming up this week, which, hey, we've we've theorized this as a possibility. We even talked about about this a little bit last year. That could happen last year. Logan Gilbert coming up along with Jerry Kelnick, or at least in, in the, the same timeline. Uh, Ryan Divish put out a piece today on the Seattle Times, uh, if you guys want to check that out, if you haven't already, uh, saying that you know, because the, the Mariners have two complete openings in their rotation right now for Friday's game and Sunday's game. Um, and they don't have a ton of options to choose from here. And we've talked about this. We talked about this on, on Monday, the six-man rotation, the, um, the bullpen days, all that stuff. Um, it makes sense to have Logan Gilbert fill one of these spots and uh, it seems like that might that might be happening this weekend. So, you know, uh, what do you think we can? Because we we've talked about why it makes sense, right? But um, you know, what can we expect from Logan Gilbert in his major league debut if if this is actually what's going to happen? Assuming it's against Cleveland, um, not a, not a terrible landing spot to get your first start. Cleveland is, is a pretty good team, but it's the offense isn't terrifying. Um, now Cleveland's on a bit of a hot streak right now. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it just, it just isn't a, you know, bedwetting type of offense. And we're being honest, like Jose Ramirez is still really good. And, and they have some other guys who can hit a little bit, but it's 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 a good it's a good landing spot. It just is. I mean, there's not a ton of, of guys there that can hurt you that much, so it's a good landing spot. Let's start there. Not not the best, but I would I would rather that he start against Cleveland than say a team like Texas, even though Texas is a worse team. Texas can hit a little bit. They got some lefty bats who can do some damage. It's a pretty good it's a pretty good lineup. For Cleveland, it's like, I mean, I really have to be careful with Jose Ramirez. And then after that, eh, 
Franmil Reyes, yeah, he'll hit some home runs, but I just there's just not a lot there aside from Jose Ramirez. So it's a good landing spot. As for Gilbert himself, what would I expect? I, I think he'd probably still be on a pitch count, probably close to 75, 80 pitches. Um, I think that he would uh, handle himself pretty well. I, I think he's you know legit big league stuff already. I think we'd see a lot of probably 95 to 97 in the first inning, and then he'd settle in at 93 to 95. Uh, we'll see a pretty good curveball, I think, pretty good spike curve. Um, and I think he's going to throw strikes. I think he'll be aggressive in the zone. Uh, mm. I, I think he'll look like a big league pitch, pitcher. Like, uh, I think he'll look like a vet, to be honest. Um, now, as for what results do I expect? Who knows? You never know. Guys come right. in, they're amped up, they overthrow, or they, you know, the the command's just not quite there because they're they're running on pure adrenaline. Um, so it's tough to say in that regard. But I I think Gilbert is going to come up, and I think he's going to pretty much look like at worst. I think he's pretty much going to be Chris Flexen right away. Like throw strikes, get some ground balls, get some swings and misses, but not elite strikeout numbers. Go six, seven innings. Even if he has a bad inning, he'll find a way. Um, maybe not so much as six, seven innings yet, but eventually he will be. But yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to look like a, you know, number four starter in his debut against a decent, but not great lineup. I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's right going to look like you. an ace. Yeah. 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 No, I, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think there's really any chance of, of that, at least in his first start. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really exciting though, that this is, you know, a guy that you uh, think you're, you're going to be able to carry atop your, your rotation moving forward. You know what? Screw it. I'll say it. Um, Logan Gilbert is, is, uh, he's Jacob DeGrom. Like move over, Jacob. It's over. Logan Gilbert's the guy. Like clearly, well, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, but uh, let's let's uh, you know comparing comparing yeah. Logan Gilbert before he's made a start to arguably the best pitcher of all time. Eh, probably a stretch. Probably a stretch. But I, I I think he'll be fine. By the way, real fast here on, on uh, Cleveland, I wanted to double check some things. Uh, yeah. It's, that's an offense that's worse than the Mariners. <laughs> uh, 86 WRC plus compared to the Mariners, 91. Uh, their 2.0 F4 amongst their hitters is, uh, I think, let's see here, second to last, third to last. Um, by the way, Detroit is just awful. <laughs> they have a negative war, offensive war. Um, yeah, Cleveland is, is last or second to last. To be fair, they're not far behind Seattle. So basically, it's what do you think Logan Gilbert would do against this Mariners lineup, and then apply it to uh, to Cleveland, and that's probably about right. So um, I, th- I think he'll be fine, though. I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed. I don't think he's going to. I, I don't have any real major concerns here. It's just how how deep can he go? Can he give you 75, 80 pitches, or is he still sixty five? You know, mm. we'll see. But I I I I would think that if they're calling him up it's because they think that he can go 80 pitches, 85 pitches, something like that. Right. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to see, um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned DeGrom. Uh, obviously he's, uh, he's going to channel the power of all the, the great stats and pitchers like Corey Kluber and Jacob DeGrom and hone that to become the, uh, 
I don't know the uh, the Ultraman of. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, of he's uh he's gonna be Captain Planet. Prospects. Yeah, he's gonna be Captain Planet. He's gonna take the energy from these other Stetson pitchers and just Logan Gilbert's gonna be the best product out of Stetson ever. As Corey Kluber <laughs> was on a Hall of Fame track, and and Jacob Degrom certainly is. So Gilbert's gonna be better yeah. than all of them. Just just wait. Clearly. Clearly, put it in pen, Ty. Uh, put it in pen. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up here, you wanted to uh, go through a few uh, guys that uh, that have impressed you out of the minor leagues so far. Yeah, um, some under the radar names. Uh, mm-hmm. Not surprisingly, all of them are, are pitchers. Uh, I know, shocking. I know, but. Um, these are all three of these guys are outside of my top 10. Uh, some of them barely like literally one, well, two of them, just one or two spots outside of the top 10. But so you're not going to see Cal Nick or Julio or Noel V who are all off to really good starts, by the way. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about a few of these guys. Let's, let's start at the top here. Mm. Let's start. Let's talk about Brandon Williamson. Um, yeah. Yes. Who you guys may remember. He got a cup of coffee with Everett. In 2019, right after he was drafted, only 15 innings, went on to strike out 25 guys, only walk five. He was really good. Came back forever, or came back to Everett as a high affiliate, and despite not having played in a year, the dude is legitimately better. He's a better pitcher now than he was uh, in 2019, and he's looked fantastic. Fastball is 93 to 94. He's touched 96, um, and the curveball has become his best pitch, his best off speed pitch, um, which is kind of surprising because coming out of college, that was his arguably his worst pitch four pitch guy, fastball slider, change up curveball. And the curveball was what lagged. Now the curveball is let's call it Barry Zito esque. Like it was really good, uh, in his first outing. It, it's a high 12 to six drop. Um, He's only made one start, but he makes his second start tonight. He went four innings, gave up just two hits, struck out nine, and walked nobody. Uh, right. Brandon Williamson, you know, we, we talk a lot about the big three, of uh, Gilbert, Hancock, and Kirby. It might be a big four because Brandon Williamson is certainly knocking on that door, um, especially oh, yeah. if he's able to, to carry this profile all the way through because he's a big, tall lefty who throws strikes, and it yeah. appears that he's going to have – two plus or at least above average off speed pitches because the changeup is pretty decent too. Um, you know, as they say, that'll play. Um, and I pretty confident that Brandon Williamson is going to be, he's going to be in the discussion for our September call up. I really do think, I don't think he's going to stay in Tacoma that long or, uh, in Everett that long, but we'll see. Uh, obviously he has to do it for more than one start, but he looked great. Yeah, he uh, he's someone I'm really excited about. Uh, we've talked about him quite a bit. Um, you know, you look at that 29, uh, 2019 draft class right now, right? George Kirby, Brandon Williamson, Isaiah Campbell, Levi Stout, Austin Shenton, uh, Michael Limoncelli, who we haven't seen yet, um, Tim Elliott. You know, uh, they. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. They 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 they. <laughs> They, they might they may have knocked those those first six rounds out of the park. 
it's uh, it, it has a really good chance to be the best draft uh, of the Depoto era. It's it's really good. Uh, That's also not accounting for guys like Carter Benz and Logan yep. Reinhardt. Yes, you know how much I love Logan Reinhardt. Um, but yeah, Brandon Williamson. Like I said, I, I don't I don't expect. I would say that the odds that he makes his debut in September are very slim. Are they zero? Uh, no, I, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Um, probably as a reliever, but I, I don't think they are. And I would expect to see Williamson make his debut sometime in 2022. Uh, but he's 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 been great, or he was great in his one outing. All right. Um, next up is a name everybody should be familiar with, but we haven't seen him in a long time. But he finally went out there, and he looked absolutely brilliant. And I'm talking, of yeah. course, about Sam Carlson. I watched uh, the start really good. Yeah, second round. You, if you watched it live, tell tell me what you saw. What did you see? I uh, well, I wasn't watching super intently, to be fair. But uh, you know, it, it's just uh, the the confidence on the mound, uh, mm-hmm. really. Uh, you know, coming back from the injury, that's a huge thing with with guys that are coming back from that injury. Uh, is the confidence? He's throwing strikes. He's packing the zone. He, he's going right after guys. He's able to get uh, swings and misses on on um, you know the on everything pretty much. Like everything was working for him. Yeah, he, his first time on the mound in a professional game in three and a half years, roughly. Uh, it goes four innings, gives up just two hits, gives up an unearned run. Uh, strikes out seven of the 15 batters that he faced yeah. no walks yeah um i'm sorry uh one walk uh so it it's the fastball like you say, it was easy right he looked athletic which he's always been a, a really good athlete it was an easy yep. delivery it didn't look like he was yep. hesitant about throwing any of his pitches he threw it showed and that's what i'm good. loading to there with the with the confidence you know it's, yeah. the, it's the confidence to throw that pitch and and throw it with um conviction you know it, it, yeah convention intensity um it, it's definitely not something that he's shy about that you can tell no we saw him snap off a couple of really good curveballs um and the slider so he's throwing his breaking stuff early yep. um it sounds like there's a good chance that that carlson could have thrown last year in a minor league season um uh-huh. maybe even gotten a half a year in but obviously no minor league season and you know there's just really not a place for him on the alternate training side so um, it appears Sam Carlson is all the way back. We didn't see the change up that much, which was interesting because that's his best pitch. Um, but we did see the 93 to 95 with run and life at the top of the zone. Um, like that's a second and, round. And, pick. You can, and you can see how the, um, the physicality that he's, he's built, right. Mm-hmm. With, oh. uh, you know, you know, the, the muscle that he's added on and the power <laughs> that that's brought for him. Um, I think that's the thing that really stood out to me is that his delivery looks powerful mm-hmm. uh, in that in that first start. That again, it's it's kind of that confidence. It's the coming downhill at guys um, and really attacking the strike zone. That's what I was most impressed uh, by w- with him, with what I was able to you know see. Yeah, I, I believe he threw sixty six pitches and like forty five of them were for strikes. Um, yeah, just filling the zone, trusting his stuff, going right after guys, uh, trusting his arm. And like you mentioned, the, the physicality really jumps out here. He was always a really good athlete coming out of high school. He uh, he was looked at as a two way player for, by uh, the University of Florida. Um, he was a legit mid first round talent uh, who, you know, 
most teams were convinced they couldn't sign. The Mariners knew they could. They took the shot on him. And it's unfortunate that the Tommy John has delayed his his career by a couple of years. But mm-hmm. Sam Carlson looks like he has not missed. He looks every bit the first round pick, uh, the first round talent that he showed coming out of high school. And now he's bigger, stronger and faster. Um, so, yeah, Sam Carlson, definitely a name to watch. I really doubt he finishes the year in Modesto, but also Seattle's going to be patient with him. They're going to take their time there. Yep just to make sure there's no setbacks because he's still only 22 years old. Um, and the stuff is probably close to big league ready right now anyways. So uh, there, there's really no need to try and rush him to the big leagues. He's going to get there when he gets there. And it's probably going to be faster than most of us think. The guy's really good. He's got great stuff. Yep. Um, and it's, it's just side note. It's just great to see him back on the mound again. That's a dude who's worked his ass off to get there. And uh, he deserves every bit of success that he gets. So uh, Sam Carlson, fantastic start for him. All right. Um, Last guy up. I mean, there was no way I was going to talk about him. Matt Brash uh, came over. After the the appearance that he had last last night. Yes. He came came over in the uh, Taylor Williams trade, right? Correct. Uh, The last minute. (laughs) The last minute Taylor Williams trade. Uh, and he looks great. Like, I mean, it's, it was, it was an interesting profile when he came over. It was, oh, there's good stuff here, but the delivery's so, so fast. And it, I mean, it's, it's clear he's a, he's a reliever. And that was the word on him. Like, nope, mm. he, he can't start. His delivery is not good enough. He's, he's an automatic reliever. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's like I said last year, I, I wouldn't give up on him in, in, in a, in a starter's role. Now, Everett's kind of doing this thing where they're piggybacking a bunch of guys. So Brash has one start and he has one relief appearance, but he's gone multiple innings in both of those uh, outings. So it's it's the number of starts and relief appearances doesn't really tell the story here. Um, because again, uh, the, the Aqua Sox have, I believe it's eight guys that are technically going to get starts for them this year to start the year. So they're doing a lot of piggybacking. Um, and Matt Brash is, uh, is one of the guys that that's piggybacking, but so far he's looked fantastic. It's 95, 96, a lot of 97 on the, on the gun there. Um, Oh really? That's where he was getting. I, I didn't hear about that. That's yeah, where he, he was getting up to. Cause he was, I mean, when they traded for him, the word was like what? 92, 93, right? I saw some reports that it was 96, 97. Um, now keep in mind, these are short starts for him. Uh, yeah. he's coming off of a, uh, you know, a season where he didn't play. He's probably very hyped. He's making his debut. So we'll see how long the velocity stays. And honestly, minor league reports, unless you're there, not, not the most reliable. Um, sure. but you look at what he's done so far, uh, in seven innings pitched, he's given up six hits, uh, three walks, 16 strikeouts in seven innings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's given up three runs. You know, it's, he had a, he had one bad inning in there, but Matt Brash, it looks like they've slowed down his delivery a little bit. Um, they, they've made a tweak or, or he's made it possibly. Uh, who knows who actually made the tweet or the tweak first. Um, but they def, there's definitely been a change in his delivery. It looks more, uh, let, let's call, I'm trying it looks more starterish. It does, does that make sense? Like 
<laughs> it, it looks like a, a windup that's more conducive to him being a starter. Um, and it's makes sense that they don't want to give up on him. So um, it's, it's really, he's calmed it down. It's a little less aggressive. Uh, and the, the results have been fantastic. He's got great stuff. He's striking guys out left and right. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a, a starter. I, I don't know. I, ultimately, he's more likely to end up in the bullpen because every pitcher is. Um, and if he is, he's probably going to be a really good, really good leverage guy, at least middle reliever type, um, who's going to miss bats. And he's done that pretty much his entire career. He did it at Niagara. He did it uh, in the Padres system for a brief time. And he did it in the Mariner system, or he's doing it in the Mariner system right now. There's something here with Matt Brash, and I think we're all probably a little too low on him, uh, myself included. So that's one of those guys I'm going to be watching closely all year because I think there's legit, you know, seventh, eighth inning upside out of the pen and maybe a number four starter uh, long term. Uh, but we'll see. You know, he's, oh, by the way, it happens to be his birthday today. How about that? Hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Matt. Ba- uh, Matt Brash. Birthday bash for Matt Brash. <laughs> By the way, he, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Matt Brash is a fellow Canuck. He, he's from Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah Kingston, yeah. Canada. Oh, um, shit. No way. He's from Kingston? Holy yeah. Shit. That's where uh, That's where my homie's from. Kingston. Oh, no there way. you go. So Matt yeah. Brash, happy birthday from Kingston, Canada, uh, representing uh, future starter or late inning reliever for the Seattle Mariners. And I am here for it. Happy 23rd birthday. Yeah, how about that? Kingston, Ontario representing. All right. Shout out to uh shout out to Matt Brash. Uh did not know he was from Kingston. That's a that's a cool uh little thing there. Well, Kingston, that's where he was born. By the way, Kingston, by the way, very nice place. All the roads there, brick. Ooh. Or well st- like st- stone or brick. Right. It's like cobblestone. Great. Yeah, cobblestone. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, cobblestone. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's very Harry Potter-esque. <laughs> when you go there. By, the, by the way, have you ever been to the University of Washington campus? I have not. <laughs> if you go to the library, it looks like, you know, a castle that would be at, at Hogwarts. Like, Oh, dude, like, the, uh, the, uni- like the downtown campus for the University of Toronto. My, my wife, uh, when she graduated, that's where they had the graduation. She went to the, uh, to one of the other campuses, but right. the graduation was held there. It literally looks like Hogwarts. Like I'm not like it's not even like I'm not exaggerating. I'm not joking. It's like it looks like it's Hogwarts. You walk inside, it's dimly lit. It's like the the uh, the walls are that like dark wood, you know. <laughs> like uh, there's like a little like courtyard in the middle, and uh, yeah, that, that's just Hogwarts one for one. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, are you a Harry Potter guy? Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that. Have we? Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like we have, but uh, anyways, maybe that's something we could definitely discuss on the live stream on Friday. But I'm curious, do you know what house you belong to? Oh, yeah. I I got Hufflepuff. You took the Pottermore quiz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got Hufflepuff too. Yeah. And I'm damn proud of that. that I feel like most people I meet get Hufflepuff. Yeah, well. Which is good. Hufflepuff is a... It's a great house. It's a great house. It really is. Very underrated. Uh, J.K. Rowling stinks. Just 
to make sure yes. everyone knows that <laughs> she sucks, but I do appreciate what uh, the product that she brought to us. So most of it <laughs> separate the art from its artist. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's tough to do, but I think you can do it. Um, and even he, even she herself said uh, in an interview once that uh, one of her biggest regrets and kind of sucks that this was one of her biggest regrets, not, you know, some of the other issues. Um, yeah. But she said one of them is, 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 you know, making Hufflepuff out to be like this house that is just for losers. Um, <laughs> she herself believes she's a Hufflepuff. Now, I don't think she is based on some <laughs> of her uh, like <laughs> some of her, let's say, tweets, uh, her political yeah. views and all that stuff. That's yeah. definitely not a Hufflepuff type of thing. That's very Slytherin. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, Hufflepuff gets to gets a raw deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to be a Hufflepuff. Um, Unlike those snooty Gryffindors who just think they're better than everybody. Uh, anyways, real fast, uh, just just want to throw this out there. Um, if you guys want an offensive player uh, that's really obviously you know raking right now, uh, Julio to the surprise of no one. First seven yep. games with Everett hitting three oh eight with three doubles, a triple, uh, a home run. He's three for three in stolen bases, uh, three walks, and three RBI. Does have nine strikeouts and twenty six at bats. So. Something to work on there, but a good start for him nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, hate to admit it, uh, but Caden Polkovich also having pretty good uh, minor league season so far. 261, I, I, 393, 478. I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, that's your boy. That, that's uh, your boy. Uh, You're a good buddy. Uh, <laughs> yes, we all remember how much how much Ty loves Caden Polkovich. It's his favorite player. It's his favorite Jesus. player. Um, that is That is now canon. It's out there. I I, I just want to <laughs> say that I very much appreciate Mariner's Twitter for helping me out and be very very uh, nice about uh, explaining to me uh, the the background of Kaden Polkovich because <laughs> uh, oops. Yeah. It's, uh, by the it's way, kind. I I I was uh, I was looking up uh, pipeline here to like quickly get all the stats of like you know some of the better prospects in the system right and mm -hmm. uh they have milkar perez at number 16 yeah i saw that um and adam macko at 15 yeah that's that's really high um for both of those guys in my opinion um yeah yeah connor phillips at 11 that's over really zach the, over yeah. zach deloach and isaiah campbell uh, I look Austin Shenton nineteen Jonathan Classe twenty. That's an insult to to uh, Austin Shenton. Um, yeah, um, Adam Maco, Neil Perez, Alberto Rodriguez. Like Aaron Fletcher is not the eighteenth best prospect in the system. That is not true. That's a that's a straight up lie. It's really weird also to still see Jake Fraley on this list. <laughs> I mean, like technically, yes, he still has prospect status, but uh, Sam Carlson all the way down at 25. Like there's a lot of issues with, uh, with pipelines <laughs> list here, but yeah. uh, maybe that's something we can get into on the live stream. But yeah, I, I saw that the other day. I don't know why I never checked to see if they updated their, their top thirties, but I saw that the other day and I was like, uh, that's, there's some issues here. Let's yeah, say. Yeah, I haven't. I, I I never checked it until now, and I'm just like, what? 
<laughs> like what what are we doing here folks uh i mean no disrespect to adam macko who I actually like quite a bit part of that 2019 yeah, draft class um yeah but ahead of austin chitton has an everyday p- profile with the bat and might be able to play second or third. Uh, and of Sam Carlson, who, you know, legitimate number two upside. Uh, they, I, I have some questions about their, their, their process here. Um, yeah, but they must have yeah. really bought into that velocity video <laughs> on, uh, on Mako. Yeah, though the one where he was what throwing ninety six, ninety seven, or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting. They gave him a fifty grade on the fastball, though. So, I mean, he. What do they say here? Sometimes those are just cut and paste from like the previous year's report. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't really say anything about like why they've given him such a huge bump. Um, yeah, I just. Because I, th- I think he was like 29 on their list last year, if he was even on it. Yeah, that, that's closer to right. I mean, look, I mean, they have Aaron Fletcher at 18. I mean, that, that tells you pretty much all you need to know here. Um, Which, I mean, that's not like super far off from like he's more like mid 20s. But like ahead of Shen. Yeah, no, that's like really bad. That, that no, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that the uh, the guys that he's ahead of isn't egregious because it very much is. Uh, but I mean, like that, like just the spot in general is not super far off from where I would put him. Yeah, I just like I, I just yeah, no, not ahead of Shenton, not ahead of Carlson, not ahead of Class A, not ahead of no. Um, I mean, the the fact that Wyatt Mills is like over Sam Carlson as well. Come on. Ty Adcock over Sam Carlson. Come on. Come, yeah, come on. That's, come there on. are some issues here. By the way, real fast before we sign off here, apparently Tyler Keenan is having a fantastic season defensively. Not so much offensively, wow. yet, but yeah. I, the, <laughs> the third base Daniel Vogelback has apparently looked very good at third base early on, um, which is why he's playing third and, and Shenton's playing mostly first which is feels weird to me, but whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but uh, yeah, there's, there's some interesting stuff to talk about. What are we about a weekend to the minor league season? So uh, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, uh, been watching some of the stuff. You know, it, sometimes it's it's hard to watch because it's only on on my phone, and some the quality isn't great on some of them. Modesto, I mean, someone can someone just give Modesto like fifteen hundred dollars to buy a <laughs> HD camera to throw out in center field? <laughs> like, uh, you don't like their nineteen ninety eight webcam, dude? It's like it's like a VHS recorder that they have out there <laughs> like what like oh my god it's it's so like like and, I, and look i love modesto I, I i got nothing but love for keaton and everyone there but man like especially the cameras that they have um on the foul lines are much higher quality and actually like like the colors are correct 
Like this, like like the one that they have in center field, it, it keeps cutting in and out. Like there's like it goes to a black screen like every like five seconds, and then it's really dark. It's it's like really dark. <laughs> it's it's really strange, especially when it does cut to the uh, to the foul line cams. And then it's like bright all of a sudden. It's really disorienting. I love minor league baseball, by the way. Uh, like during the commercial break, quote unquote, you'll just see like some guy put the camera down and you can see his legs and his like sketchers with his ankle socks just like walking around. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, minor league baseball is amazing and I'm so glad it's back. <laughs> indeed, indeed. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very relaxed atmosphere in minor league baseball um it's also why bull durham it is, should be yes it's also why bull durham is the best baseball movie nay the best sports movie of all time because it's about minor league baseball anyways <laughs> all right so that's gonna do it for us uh we will be back on friday for the live stream per usual on the youtube channel around noon pacific time um We'll uh, we'll keep you guys posted on Twitter uh, just in case anything changes, and we'll be most likely talking about Jared Kelnick's debut. Uh, you want to make a final prediction for his stat line since that's something I asked uh, the the folks in the uh, YouTube comments yesterday. Um, see, so he's going up against Plesak. Um, one for four. Uh, stolen base, one run scored, two strikeouts. So a single. Yeah, I think he's going yard. I honestly do. I he's, feel it uh, in <laughs> You're you're wrong because he's saving that for Saturday. Just just because uh, no reason, no reason in particular. Uh, but yeah, yeah. he's he's saving it for Saturday. Not, not his first home yeah, run. Not like anyone's going to the game or anything on Saturday. Uh-huh. No, yep. I, I wouldn't be that selfish. I want to see it as soon as you guys do. But you know, it's it's probably. Probably Saturday when he goes. Yard. I told you that if he, I told you that if he goes yard on Thursday, I'm buying the jersey. Which I'm probably buying the jersey anyway. If we're, <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> I mean, being honest, yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably buying the jersey that's, tomorrow. <laughs> that's a much better bet than the one I made, where I said if the Jets beat the uh, the Rams, I'd buy a Sam Darnold jersey. And that's the story of how I have a Sam Darnold jersey in my closet. <laughs> so, thankfully, I found yeah. somebody selling one on eBay for like thirty bucks, so I didn't have to throw down the hundred fifty. <laughs> Um, for a, a a player who has no no affiliation to my team, and in fact doesn't even play for the team that I got the jersey for, so brilliant investment. But uh, you know, hey, you, you made the bet and got cle- paid off. And, cle- and clearly, that uh, that one game advantage that the Seahawks got uh, from that win over the Rams really helped them in the playoffs against the Rams. It really did. Uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> By the way, uh, quick fantasy note: if you guys play in two quarterback leagues. Target Sam Darnold. You're welcome. Make him your QB two. You'll be very happy that you did. Boom. This has been Fantasy Hour with Ty and Colby. You you, you gotta don't you have to like say that you're not a financial advisor like legally? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Ty, most of our listeners are in Washington, and it's illegal to gamble on sports, including fantasy sports. So of course, uh, none of our listeners are you know using are betting money on their fantasy football leagues. Uh, that would be yeah, illegal. Of course, right, right, right. <laughs> now that just reminds me of S- uh, silly me. <laughs> yes, there's. I was watching. I don't know what it was. It was 
some comedian was talking about it or whatever. But apparently there's a line in the movie Magic Mike, which apparently is very good, by the way. Like <laughs> I, people, I saw people, it once when I was 17 years old. It made me uh, feel very awkward. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I see. Homophobe. But no. Well, it, no. <laughs> I, uh, apparently I've heard it, it's very well directed. It's a good storyline. Like I, I've heard some good things about it. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. It's, a, um, it's an entertaining movie. It's an okay. entertaining movie. But apparently there's a line where McConaughey, like he goes up there and is, I'm not even going to try to, to uh, imitate McConaughey because why would well, I? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but he says something about like the law says that you can't touch. And then he waits for a second. And he goes, but I think I see a lot of lawbreakers out there. So <laughs> the, the, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, the line about the, the fantasy football thing about how you, you can't gamble on sports and so nobody would do that. I just instantly yeah. wanted to say it's against the law, but I think we have a lot of lawbreakers out there. So I just wanted context for that. Um, but yeah, I just, I heard that line the other night or day, day before or something like that. And I was like, huh, that's actually a really good line. Like, it's funny. You, you should have um, just said it without context with, with uh, uh, your, your best attempt at a McConaughey I, impression. I, I can't, I cannot do impressions. Like once I did a pretty good Trump and I've never been able to, uh, to repeat it. So <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not good at impressions. I'm really not. I, I don't have like the infliction and all that stuff. So, um, not a skill I have. Well, uh, I'll tell you a skill that I have. It's, uh, ending the show. Uh, <laughs> As we uh, so are. We- 28 minutes past the cutoff day, cutoff time. Yep. You're great at it. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, (laughs) So that's going to do it for us. This has been our free show of the month or however long it's been since we last did a free show. It's been, uh, been some time, but uh, here it is. So if you're new to the show and you haven't uh, subscribed yet. Clearly, this has changed your mind and will make you subscribe, right? Right, 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 guys. Uh, so, you know, sign up for the Patreon. It's $3 a month. Gets you access to all the Wednesday shows. $5 and $10 a month gets you access to the Monday shows as well and some of the other stuff that we do. Colby does a monthly off-season plan and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's really fun. So, uh, you should join and hang out with us and talk baseball with us and if you send us questions we will answer them on the show and uh it's a it's a good time uh so uh yeah uh assuming that you've made it this far which you haven't uh i'm probably talking <laughs> to a brick wall right now it's like that that gif of that guy talking to the brick wall yeah uh, but you know uh you know what i i'm gonna dispute that hi hi uh who who would be listening right now? Chris, Jor- Jordan, Chris, say, and Jerry Savage Sapoto, probably. Who we don't know the real name of. Uh, yeah. We don't know their real name. Um, but uh, I'm going to say Jordan's listening to this, making a delivery. Hi, Jordan. Yeah. Hi, Jordan. Um, <laughs> I'm still of the belief that Jerry Savage Sapoto is indeed Jerry Depoto, <laughs> uh, which is incredibly baller. It's incredibly it baller really move is. to make. To make your burner account Jerry Savage Depoto. That would be that honestly would probably be the greatest thing that I've ever seen in my life if that that if that is what it was. And in and, and in my mind, 
that's the reality that I choose. That's the, <laughs> that's the reality I opt for. Is that Jerry Savage Depoto is indeed Jerry Depoto's burner account on Twitter. That's, that that's your head cannon, huh? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm 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 going with that. Uh, I refuse to believe anything else, uh, and I don't want to know the real answer. So just let me live in my fantasy land where Jerry Savage <laughs> Depoto is Jerry Depoto. Uh, in secret so that's gonna do it for us folks uh appreciate you guys tuning in we will be back on friday on the youtube channel for those of you that are listening that uh, aren't part of the podcast check out the youtube channel if you if you're not subscribing to the to the patreon or whatever to uh check us out on uh on fridays for our live streams we're gonna be live at noon or around noon pacific time we usually don't start right at noon but um Around then, we will uh, we'll be there to talk some Mariners with you around the lunch hour. So uh, we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.